0: The time is now. Volume 4, Episode 76. This is Employment Law Now, and I am your host, Mike Schmidt, Vice Chair of Labor and Employment Department here at Cozen O'Connor. I hope all of you uh, are doing well, continuing to do well, your families, yourself, your colleagues. We are at the beginning of July, just off of the July 4th holiday, and uh, it is crazy that we're here. I I feel like it was just March. I thought to myself that I'd be leaving the office for a couple of weeks, Uh, and here we are, as I said, in uh, July of 2020, Uh, see a light at the end of the tunnel in some respects, but in other respects, I just don't know how and when this is all gonna end. Uh, And I'm not even sure how we will be defining normal, quote unquote, uh, for the foreseeable future. But we are all plowing ahead. I hope you are plowing ahead and as i said i hope you all remain safe and well there's a lot still going on with the families first coronavirus response act the ffcra included within that or as you know the paid sick leave and emergency fmla provisions that became effective on april 1st of this year and will continue to be in effect through december 31st 2020 unless there is some extension of that But I want to focus today on uh, a very common scenario that we're talking about as we are at the crossroads of bringing employees back to the workplace on the one hand, and on the other hand, summer camps or childcare for the summer not being available still because of COVID-19. Before I get to that, um, I, I do want to share with you some developments specifically with uh, employees and their mindset as well as some recent initiatives by the Department of Labor. So I saw a very interesting survey um, which seems to demonstrate that at least as of a you know, few weeks ago employees are still not at all clear about their entitlement to leave under the FFCRA. A recent survey was done of a little over 1,000 Americans by the National Partnership for Women and Families, and that survey showed that uh, only one in five Americans, 20%, have either taken or plan to take leave that they're entitled to under the FFCRA. Perhaps more astonishing is that more than half, 53% of those surveyed, either were not aware of the leave obligations or didn't think that they qualified for the leave obligations. So there seems to be uh, still a need for educating employees as to what their rights are, what leave they are entitled to under the paid sick leave and emergency FMLA provisions of the FFCRA enacted this year in response to the pandemic. Well, The united states department of labor uh, seems to be that body that is trying to educate and ramp up its enforcement of violators two interesting aspects of that uh, the u.s department of labor just recently announced that there is now an online tool an employee online tool that is available through the department of labor's website to help workers determine eligibility for paid leave under the uh, coronavirus related legislation Uh, this quote from the department of labor's wage and hour division administrator cheryl stanton quote this new tool makes it simple for workers to find out if they may be eligible for paid sick leave or extended family and medical leave under the critical provisions of the family's first coronavirus response act as america reopens this leave provides a crucial lifeline for millions of workers who need time off to care for themselves or their families we want to ensure that everyone who is eligible knows about these protections and how to use them so in response to what appears to be the case that employees are not all aware of what uh, leave they're entitled to the department of labor is trying to make it a little easier uh, for them to figure that out you may remember a few years back when we were talking about overtime and other wage and hour issues uh the department of labor created this app so that employees could very easily try to determine what amounts of money they may be owed by their employer, depending on whether they were uh, working certain number of hours, the rate of pay that they got. The bottom line is the Department of Labor seems to be very uh, big on these online tools, these online apps to help employees. Interestingly enough, if you go to the Department of Labor's website, you will see a very easy Uh, way to click into the employee online tool, but there is also a note at the same spot which says employer online tool not available yet. So looks like they are uh, thinking about or in the process of making an employer online tool for FFCRA eligibility questions, but that part has not yet been developed. The other aspect of the Department of Labor's recent activity is that their enforcement has clearly picked up since the initial 30-day stay ended on April 20th of 2020. You will remember that in the beginning, in uh, early March, While the new legislation had become effective or was about to become effective starting uh, on April 1st, the Department of Labor said we're going to wait a little bit before we start cracking down and enforcing um, the legislation to give employers an opportunity to digest these new obligations. Well, that 30 day stay effectively ended uh, on April 20th of this year, and since then, the Department of Labor has, by all accounts, uh, been increasing the number of investigations and enforcement actions for violations of the FFCRA, and they have also announced their uh, enforcements and the money that they have recovered through those enforcement actions on their website so the bottom line is the department of labor is getting extremely active and you as an employer want to make sure that you understand what your obligations are and understand what employees are entitled to uh, under the legislation that brings me back then to the focus of today again on july 7th 2020 what a lot of companies are getting now is hey we are asking and requiring employees to come back to work but employees who thought that they had uh, child care, daycare, summer camps to help them with the child care issues while they work—they're just not available anymore because of COVID-19. Well, this issue is addressed by both the paid sick leave and the emergency FMLA provisions, as you will remember, because we've talked about it a lot on this podcast. The paid sick leave portion of the FFCRA has six reasons why paid sick leave could be triggered the FMLA the emergency FMLA has one and there is some mirroring here so the paid sick leave reason number five and the one reason allowed under this new emergency FMLA reason they are the same essentially it covers situations where the employee is unable to work or telework because he or she has to care for his or her child whose school or care center or place of care is closed due to COVID-19-related reasons. Now, you'll remember, because we've talked about it as well, that there is a little bit of a difference in terms of coverage um, when it comes to the paid sick leave versus the emergency FMLA. For paid sick leave purposes here, all employees are eligible at the start of their employment, while uh, the emergency FMLA provisions only apply to those employees who have been employed for 30 calendar days. The amount of leave is also different, as we've talked about. Under the paid sick leave, full-time employees are entitled to up to 80 hours, or effectively two weeks of leave. For part-time employees, there is a formula where you look at the average number of hours over a two-week period. When it comes to the emergency FMLA portion, Uh, they're entitled to up to 12 weeks of leave the first two weeks of those uh, are unpaid unless they're entitled also to the paid sick leave in which case those two weeks those first two weeks uh, can be paid under the psl and then the second 10 weeks of the emergency fmla leave uh, the eligible individual is paid two-thirds of his or her regular rate of pay with a cap of $200 per day or $10,000 in the aggregate. Again, and we're talking about this one specific reason. When the employee has to take care of his or her child, because the child care, the summer camp, the place of care is closed. Important to remember that the leave needed is only for the time that the employee has to take care of his or her child. And only when the place of care is closed or unavailable due to COVID-19 related reasons, right? So if the unavailability is because school has closed as it normally would at the end of the school season, well, that's not closing and that's not unavailable because of COVID-19 related reasons. It's closed or unavailable because the school year ended. So the Department of Labor has in fact recognized that this is an issue, this is a situation that employers are going to be facing, and uh, just released a field assistance bulletin, which is not necessarily guidance directed at employers or employees but it is to provide, as it sounds like, assistance to those investigators in the field on how they go about investigating and ultimately, if it comes to this, enforcing this part of the FFCRA, the unavailability of summer camp, place of care, child care issue of both the paid sick leave and the FMLA. So there are a couple of things that I wanted to talk about here. Uh, that stand out uh, from the Field Assistance Bulletin released by the Department of Labor. Again, it starts by talking about some definitions here. Um, It reminds us that the FFCRA provides eligible employees with up to two weeks of paid sick leave and up to 12 weeks of the emergency FMLA when there is a need to care for the employee's child whose place of care is closed due to COVID-19 related reasons. A place of care is defined as a physical location in which care is provided for the employee's child while the employee works. And as I said, it includes summer camps and other types of summer enrichment programs. There is certain documentation that an employer is entitled to request from the employee who seeks leave for this particular reason. The information can be given orally or in writing But it has to include the following, an explanation of the reason for leave, a statement that the employee is unable to work because of this reason, the employee also must provide the name of the child, the name of the school or the place of care that is now unavailable for the summer due to COVID-19 related reasons, and a statement affirming that no other suitable person is available to care for the child during that particular time when there is a closure of a summer camp or summer enrichment program all of those bits of information may be required from the employee in addition to that though the employee can be required to provide the name of the specific summer camp or program that would have been the place of care for that employee's child had it not closed due to covid19 reasons and here is where we're starting to see an issue It's easy if we know that the employee's child had already enrolled for the summer camp or the summer program. But in many instances, the summer camp or the summer program closed due to COVID-19 reasons before anyone had the opportunity to be enrolled. So how do we know if this is a place of care that the employee's child would have been enrolled in, but for covid 19 closure put another way employers companies are concerned that any employee can say well yeah that was a summer camp or a summer program that's closed and yeah my employee my child was going to be attending that camp or program and now i need to take leave so the department of labor issued its recent field assistance bulletin to try to guide investigators and at the same time, employers and employees who have obtained a copy of the field assistance bulletin, and for those keeping score at home, it is field assistance bulletin number 2020-4. I'm happy to send you a copy as well if you wanna reach out to me. But the Department of Labor has uh, said a few interesting things. Uh, You need to be able to show not just that the employee's child had enrolled but that there is some indicia that there was a planned enrollment in the camp or program that closed due to COVID-19 reasons the field assistance bulletin says as follows quote however unlike schools and daycare centers many summer camps and programs closed in response to COVID-19 before any children began to attend and in some cases before they began to enroll such camps and programs, therefore, would not have been places of care of any child at the time they closed. Accordingly, determining whether a camp or program is the place of care of an employee's child may be confusing and requires clarification, end quote. So what's the standard and what's the burden here? Well, the burden is to show that it is more likely than not that the child would have attended the camp or program had it not closed due to COVID-19 again it's more likely than not that the child would have attended the camp or program had it not closed due to COVID-19 the Department of Labor has made clear that a parent's mere interest or general hope that a camp or program might be something that the child would enroll in that's generally not enough there has to be evidence of a plan for the child to attend the camp or program or short of evidence of enrollment or an actual plan that it was more likely than not that the child would have attended the camp or program had it not closed well how do we prove that what kinds of things would the department of labor like to see to be able to prove that well so if the summer camp or program has an application process evidence that an application was submitted before the camp's closure that certainly can establish that the camp or program was the child's planned place of care during the summer maybe there was evidence that a deposit was submitted that too could be sufficient evidence what if there wasn't even time though to submit an application or a deposit well the department of labor has suggested that other evidence might suffice as well for example showing prior attendance and still current of uh, eligibility of the child in the particular camp or program that also depending on the circumstances may suffice so an example given by the department of labor a child's attendance at a camp or at a summer program in 2018 or 2019 may indicate that that same camp or program would have been the child's place of care during this summer of 2020 so long as the child continued to satisfy eligibility qualifications for continuing to attend. So, on the other hand, if the summer camp was available for children ages 10 to 12, and in the summer of 2020, the child is 13 years old, well, even though he or she attended in 2018 and 2019, the child would no longer qualify from an age standpoint to attend the same camp in 2020, and that camp or program, therefore, could not be deemed to be the place of care of that child for the summer of 2020. So the Department of Labor recognizes that there is no one size fits all here, um, but and like so many issues, uh, that there is uh, no black and white answer to this particular question. The Department of Labor uses the term, there are a multitude of possible circumstances, but at the end of the day, there needs to be some demonstration that there was either a plan to send the employee's child to a summer camp or program. Or, even if there was no such plan at the time the summer camp or program closed due to COVID-19, there is some evidence that the employee's child would have nevertheless attended the camp or program had it not closed. So, you know, not crystal clear, definitive answers to whether an employee is going to be able to be entitled to take leave for this reason under the paid sick leave and emergency FMLA provisions but a little bit more guidance than we had before this field assistance bulletin was issued it's real important to be in compliance with this stuff it's real important to understand what the obligations are don't think as I've said before that these requirements only exist and apply during the quarantine period again unless they are further extended they continue to apply through the end of this calendar year 2020 and we will continue to see employees making leave requests as the summer continues due to summer related issues such as camps and summer programs uh, becoming unavailable due to COVID-19. So it's important to keep abreast of this uh, stuff and that's why I'm here to help you keep abreast of this stuff. If you've got any questions, please feel free to reach out. If you have any other topics of interest, things that your organization is grappling with and you'd like to have addressed in this podcast, please reach out to me. Uh, I am at mschmidt at cozen.com. You can also leave a comment uh, on our dedicated website, which is employmentlawnow.com. You can also find me on Twitter. Hey, who doesn't love a good tweet? You can find me on Twitter at M. Schmidt, M. Law. Until the next time, I hope you continue to stay safe and healthy, and I hope all of your labor is productive.